Hi, this is Kale Clark with The Faith Explained. We'll return to our series on Romans very soon, but for now, enjoy this classic episode of The Faith Explained Show. Hi, this is Kale Clark. Welcome to The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio mobile app. I'm so glad that you're with me today for this journey of exploring, understanding, explaining, and defending our Catholic faith. Pentecost, of course, is the great feast of the Holy Spirit, and we need to know more about him because he is, as St. Jose Maria said in one of his sermons, the great unknown. A lot of Catholics just don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that our goal, of course, in the Catholic life is to become saints. And really what that boils down to is holiness, not only personal holiness, but also helping other people to become holy, helping other people to become saints. That's called apostolate sharing of our faith, evangelism, whatever you want to call it. That's our goal. And who's going to help us do this? Who's going to help us to become personally holy? Who's going to help us to help others to become holy? That, of course, will be the Holy Spirit. But how? How does he do this? And who is he? Who is he? Well, before we get more deeply into the question of who the Holy Spirit is, but I want to start with the how. Because we want this series on the Holy Spirit not just to be informational, but transformational. We want it to be a how-to, very practical. And so we need to start, I think, there. And one of the the best books, by the way, that I recommend for, for learning more about the Holy Spirit and how he functions in our lives is called In the School of the Holy Spirit by Father Jacques Philippe. Now, I think that Jacques Philippe, and you You know this because I've said this before. I think he's the the greatest living spiritual writer in the world right now. That's just my humble opinion. You may differ. You may disagree. But I think his stuff is really good, really solid, and really practical. Now, it's interesting. He actually starts off his book with a quote from St. Faustina Kowalska, of course, the Apostle of Divine Mercy. And the Divine Mercy Chapel is so important to us here at Relevant Radio. We pray it every day at 3 p.m. Central. Here's what St. Faustina said about holiness and the role of the Holy Spirit in God's plan for us. She says, quote, My Jesus, it is truly easy to become holy. <laughs> Let me stop there for a second. That is a revelation to many of you listening. It is truly easy to become holy. Well, how can that be? How can that be? Well, she continues on. She says, quote, It just takes a little goodwill. It is truly easy to become holy. It just takes a little goodwill. In other words, you've got to want to. You've got to desire it. But if you desire it, the sky's the limit, quite literally. And anyway, she she continues on here by saying, quote, And if he, Jesus, finds this minimum of goodwill in a soul, he quickly gives himself to her. Now, Now, she's talking as a woman from a female perspective. She continues on, And nothing can stop him, neither our faults nor our falls. Absolutely nothing. Jesus hurries to help that soul. And if the soul is faithful to this grace from God, she can in a short time reach the highest level of holiness that a created being can attain here below. God is very generous and does not refuse his grace to anyone. He gives even more than we ask for. The shortest road is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, end of quote. That, that is a, an absolutely powerful quote, and that is from 
the diary of St. Faustina Kowalska, Divine Mercy in My Soul. Now, this is interesting that if someone completely turns their life over to God and, and has this good will, nothing can stop Jesus from helping that person to become holy. And in fact, St. Faustina says in a short time, the soul can reach the highest level of holiness. Because really, it's all a matter of us putting ourselves at God's disposal. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But his plans for you are far beyond what you could possibly imagine. Whatever you think God might want to do in your life, he can do so much more in and through you. But not, not necessarily your way, but his way. Thy will be done, right? That's the prayer that we have to pray all the time. But this, this uh, last thing that she said in the quote is, is something that we really need to, to unpack a little bit. Sister Faustina says, The shortest road is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? that that's a really important question for us to answer. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Father Jacques Philippe says this in his book, that if you've never been concerned about this, if you've never been concerned about the Holy Spirit or being open to his inspirations and you're not quite sure about this, he suggests a very dangerous prayer, <laughs> okay? He says, if you've never aspired to love God as much as he possibly can be loved, he says, you should beg the Holy Spirit to put that desire in you. And even, even more, that you beg him to leave you restless until you have that aspiration. You won't be able to rest until you want to love God as much as he can possibly be loved by you. That's a dangerous prayer, but it's also a beautiful prayer. St. Augustine said that our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So you're actually doing yourself a favor to, to ask for that restlessness until you've got it. And then, says Father Jacques Philippe, you will be really happy. For as our Lord said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Of course, Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. So this idea of righteousness, it's, it's the same thing as, as holiness, really. So righteousness is holiness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And really, holiness is the work of the Holy Spirit. And as Father Philippe says, then you'll be really happy. We all want to be happy. That's the reason why we do what we do in this world. St. Thomas Aquinas says that even sinners, even wretched sinners, the, the crimes that they commit, they think it's going to somehow make them more happy. That's why they do it. But happiness is found in holiness. St. Jose Maria said, if you want to be happy, be holy. If you want to be happier, be holier. And if you want to be very happy, be very holy. Okay, so how do we get there? Well, Father Jacques Philippe says there's a shortcut. There's a quicker way. It's like the Mandalorian. This is the way. Let's go this way. It's, it's a faster way. He also says something really intriguing. Uh, Father Jacques Philippe says, quote, Almost nobody realizes it. But in my opinion, it is just as important to help devout people become even holier and faster as it is to help sinners be converted. It benefits the church just as much. The world will be saved by the prayers of the saints, end of quote. Now, that, that is really intriguing. That's just as important to help devout people, people who are trying to love God, love God even more, become even holier, 
quicker. And that's just as important as helping sinners to maybe find Christ for the first time. That's an, it is really kind of a virtuous cycle, isn't it? Because if the holy become holier, it's going to help the non-holy get there too, through their prayers, uh, through their example, through their apostolic works, to help them, to help those who aren't so holy, share in that happiness, share in that holiness. And this is a large part, really, of what we do here with The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio. Not only is this show for people who are maybe seeking God for the first time, but it's also for those who want to get to know Him better, who want to get to understand Him better, so that we might love Him more. We can't love somebody that we don't know. We can't introduce our friends and family and everyone to to someone that we don't know. And that's why we have to know Jesus Christ very, very well. So this is is the shortcut, and St. Faustina tells us about it. Uh, in the diary, in that passage that we looked at. You're listening to The Faith Explained on Relevant Radio. I'm your host, Cale Clark, and this is our new series on the Holy Spirit, A Beginner's Guide. And we're all beginners, aren't we, in the spiritual life? Uh, We're all just starting out on the journey in many, many ways. So she says, St. Faustina, the shortcut, the shortest way to get to holiness is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. That seems kind of nebulous. So how do we do that? It's intriguing for us to know because we can waste a lot of time and and spend a lot of time barking up the wrong tree. The quickest way to get to holiness, she says, is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So how do we recognize those inspirations? Why is this the case? You know, what is involved? How? Well, before we get into the how, we we got to figure out why. So let's do this. Let's check it out. The holiness that is the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we live in a do-it-yourself society in so many ways. Uh, We have Ikea furniture that we put together at home on our own. And a lot of people look at their spirituality that way as well. A lot of people really fall prey to the heresy of Jansenism, this idea that you can achieve holiness on your own. You, you, You just by sheer dint of your will, you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps There's no question that we have to partner with God in this work of holiness, but by far the major partner, you know, in this firm of Jesus and us, you know, he, he, his, his name is going first on, on the placard that's hung outside on the shingle that's hung outside because the lion's share, the vast majority, I'd say all of it is done through him and, and we just participate in it. We, we put ourselves in a position where he can work on us. And this is the first thing that Father Jacques Philippe says. It's beyond our power. This idea of becoming holy, of being faithful to these inspirations of the Holy Spirit, we've got to be aware of them, number one, but it's it's beyond our power. And Jesus says says this in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. It's a really good chapter to read when thinking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not some things, not a few good things. He says, you can do nothing. And maybe we've had this experience in our spiritual life when we've fallen flat on our face, our proverbial our proverbial faces. Sometimes our literal faces, we, we fall sometimes. And we've got to pick ourselves back up, allow God to pick us back up. And that's why we have the sacrament of confession. But this is the famous passage where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You've got to be connected to the vine in order to bear fruit. You know, that precious sap that flows through the vine. It's like the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing, says Jesus. And St. Paul really kind of echoes that. What he says in the letter to the Romans, chapter 7, verse 18, Paul says, I can will what is right, but I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. God can do it, but you can't do it on your own. And then uh, Father Philippe also gives a a quote from the works of St. Louis de Montfort. St. Louis de Montfort was really, really important uh, for helping us to understand Marian spirituality in the church, a big influence on the life of St. John Paul II. We'll, We'll get into that another time, but here's what he says in his book, The Secret of Mary. He says, quote, what an admirable work, dust changed into light, filth into purity, sin into holiness, the creature into the creator, and man into God. Now, let me stop there for a second. We, we don't become ontologically God, <laughs> gods and goddesses. Uh, uh, Mormons think that every Mormon male is going to become a god on his own planet one day if he remains faithful. That, that's, that's not the case, and that's not what we think. This is what's called divinization. Sometimes the saints talk like this, but really it's about letting Christ live in us, uh, being partakers of the divine nature, as Peter says in one of his letters in the New Testament. Well, let's uh, continue on with St. Louis de Montfort. He says, admirable work, I repeat, but a work that is difficult in itself and impossible for an unaided nature. Only God, by his grace, abundant, extraordinary grace can accomplish it. And the creation of the whole universe is not such a surpassing masterpiece as this. That's incredible. One soul one eternal soul is worth more than the created order. And becoming a saint, a person becoming a saint, becoming who they are created to be, is a greater masterpiece than all of creation. Think about that. That's why Jesus said, what should it profit a person to gain the whole world or gain the whole universe and yet lose their very self, lose their soul, their eternal soul? It's really amazing that God can do it. We can't, but God can and he can get into our hearts. He can do that open heart surgery that we need, give us a new heart and a new spirit, as scripture promises. So the, the key here is allowing God to do it. I remember once uh, going to confession with a priest, very wise older priest, and he said, you know what you've really got to do? You've got to put yourself in God's orbit. Put yourself in God's orbit. What, what, what do you mean by that? Really, all of these things that we do every day in the spiritual life, the, 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 set, the habits that we try to build, the habits of highly effective Catholics, I guess we could say, whether it's daily mass, whether it's our, our, our mental prayer, our conversation with God, whether it's our vocal prayers, like the rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet, if you pray it. What about reading the New Testament? and some spiritual book. These are all ways in which we consciously put ourselves in God's orbit. Not that that he's not with us all the time if we're in a state of grace, but we need to consciously put ourselves into his hands so that he can work on us. And and those are the times when we kind of give ourselves to him. One of the big images in scripture, especially in the Old Testament, is of the potter and the clay, where Yahweh God is the potter and we are the clay. He's able to mold us. He's able to shape us. And, sometimes, and that can change throughout life. We, we can become 
a different shape or, or, or a different vessel depending on what vocations that he gives and, and where life takes us. But the point is that, that he can shape us for significance, and that's really what this is all about. And so here's the fight that we have to fight, according to Father Jacques Philippe. We, we, we think that the fight is really fighting against our own defects and, and fighting to try, to try to get better in our, in our own strength with our own effort by dint of our own will, that's not the battle. That's not the real battle. Here's the real fight. He says, quote, we should fight not to attain holiness as a result of our own efforts, but to let God act in us without our putting up any resistance against him. We should fight to open ourselves as fully as possible to his grace, which sanctifies us, end of quote. So we got to make sure that we don't put up any roadblocks. And this is what St. Saint, Saint Faustina meant when she said that we can actually progress very, very fast and very, very far in the spiritual life if we just are docile to the inspirations that he gives us. And this, this calls for humility because we, we like to think, I've done it myself, I've made it on my own, but we can't think that way in the Catholic life. We have to realize that we're weak and only God can do it. And Father Philippe says, this is a simple truth, but it's so simple, it's deceptively simple. Sometimes, like, like a lot of simple things, it takes years for us to get it and to put it into practice, to put it into practice. And so let me just uh, share, the, share with you this quote from St. Therese of Lisieux. And she also knew a very, very quick way to allow the Holy Spirit to get us to where we need to be. It's called the little way. And she said it was like an elevator. <laughs> There's lots of ways to get to God, but it's easier to take the elevator rather than try to climb the stairs or the outside of the building like Spider-Man. Take, take the elevator. It's, it's easy. Go under God's power, the Holy Spirit. And here's what St. Therese says, quote, I want to make you understand by a very simple comparison how much Jesus loves those souls, even imperfect ones, who entrust themselves to him. Imagine that a father has two children who have been naughty and disobedient, and that when he comes to punish them, he sees one who trembles and runs away from him in terror, knowing in his heart that he deserves to be punished, and that his brother instead throws himself into his father's arms, telling him that he's sorry he has displeased him. He loves him, and to prove it, he'll be good from now on. Now, if that child asks his father to punish him with a kiss, I believe that the happy father's heart will not be able to resist his son's filial trust, since he knows his sincerity and love. Yet he also knows that this son will fall into the same faults again, but he is always ready to forgive him if his son always appeals to his heart. End of quote. What a beautiful quote in a letter from St. Therese of Lisieux. This idea of jumping into our father's arms and just saying, I'm sorry, I love you. I'll try to be good from now on with you helping me. And love is really the key here. Love is the key. We've got to love God and throw ourselves at his mercy, and he will do the rest. It touches God's heart. And this is, this is why we have to trust him. Jesus, I trust in you. It's so key in the divine mercy. That was the message that Jesus wanted on this image. Jesus, I trust in you. He can be won over, as Father Philippe says, by the trust that we put in so as we begin looking at how uh, we can be more conducive, be more available to the Holy Spirit, 
Uh, this is a good place to start. This is Cale Clark. You've been listening to The Faith Explained. We'll have more in the next episode of our new series, The Holy Spirit, A Beginner's Guide. And right now it's time for The Faith Explained Q&A Mailbag. Okay, as we dip into the Faith Explained Q&A Mailbag, I want to remind you once again that you can send your question to me and I'll try to answer it on air. The email address is faith at relevantradio.com, F-A-I-T-H at relevantradio.com. And this question comes to me today via email from Rodney, who's listening in Memphis, Tennessee, on the Relevant Radio app. He says, hi, Kale. Where can I find out where the Bible talks about spiritual gifts? Uh, That's a very good question. Actually, very much relates to our series on the Holy Spirit, A Beginner's Guide. We'll talk more about uh, the spiritual gifts later on in the series, and also the fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's the gifts of the Holy Spirit and also the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So here's the passages that you need to know. First of all, I'd say Romans chapter 12 is a really good chapter to know, verses 3 through 8. And this is where St. Paul says this. He's talking about different different gifts that people have. He says, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal. Yes, leadership is a gift. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So that, that's one place where Paul talks about some spiritual gifts. Also in the letter to the Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. That's another place. And this is what Paul says here. And he gave, and this is God, of course, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. That's interesting because I always remember Pope Benedict, before he was Pope Benedict, as Cardinal Ratzinger when he was preaching uh, to the cardinals just before the conclave that would elect him as the next pope, as Benedict XVI. He used this passage uh, in his homily, this idea of not being tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. And he was so clear in his teaching on the truth, uh, was Benedict. And it always makes me think of him. But St. Paul in this passage talks about how really the leaders of the church have to equip the people of God, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Essentially, they help to sanctify us so that we can go out there and sanctify the world and bring Christ to the world. And that's what we try to do on Relevant Radio, bring Christ to the world through the media. And that's one way to do it. Uh, no mistake about that. Also, let's, let's look at another passage here. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. This is what, it, what Peter says here. He says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, I would say, though, I mean, there are other passages that talk about the gifts being used. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 through 22, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 
2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. You can look at James chapter 5. It talks about people using their gifts. But probably the big one that we need to know here is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And you can read that all in one sitting. And it's a beautiful section on spiritual gifts. Here's what Paul says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So that's a really good point. If anybody's trying to preach any kind of spirituality to you, or they don't accept Jesus as Lord, it's not from God. And Paul goes on to say this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's, a, that's an important point because, again, as Paul said in Ephesians, the point of the gifts is to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church. He says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, this gift of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment of spirits, that's what he's talking about there, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Well, we'll get into this whole concept of speaking in tongues later on, and what does it really mean? Is it, is it still a gift of the Spirit for the church today? But this is where you'll find it uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All these are empowered, Paul says, by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. 
Thanks for joining me today on The Faith Explained. I'm your host, Kale Clark. If you missed an episode, you can always catch them in podcast form on the relevant radio app. I'll join you in the next one, and I'll be with you later today at 5 p.m. Central, right here on Relevant Radio for The Kale Clark Show. Until next time, God bless you.